Peace and blessings, family. It is the goddess behind the gab. It is your girl, them chakras. The same one who aligns her chakras and twerks something at the same damn time. The one who is saging her home to trap music. The same one who loves who you are. The same one reminding you to be who you be unapologetically. The same one who likes you and loves you. If no one has told you today, let me be the first to say that I like you and I love you. And overall, I want to hear from you. So please, please send your emails to chr. R-B-R-I-A-N-A at gmail.com so that we can share stories. We can share moments. You can ask questions. We can get you into alignment. Please make sure that you follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Demchakras, D-E-M-C-H-A-K-R-A-S, so that we can continue the conversation from here. And let's make sure that we are in a positive space. So let's receive the message that is coming your way with all the positive intent, if that is okay. So let's breathe in. Let's breathe out and let's get into the episode. Peace and blessings, family. We are back with another episode of Dim Chakras. We have a very, very, very special guest, one of my favorite people, Queen Poison herself. Queen, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Do you go by Queen? Do you go by T? What do you go by? Um... I think most people know me as Queen or Queen Poison, but T is cool. Okay, okay, all right. Um, so we're just gonna kind of jump into the conversation because I'm excited. I don't want to go on too much with like all the gab, but I do want you to introduce yourself. But we do things a little different over here. We are really big on owning, owning ourselves. Who who are we? So I like to ask the question, "Who you be?" And that's basically just you being you and letting us know outside of being an author and outside of being um, a, a member of the Breaks Media and being this overly amazing creative, who are you as you, like by your government name, who you be? If we're going by government, um, I go by Tanisha Smothers, mm-hmm. Tanisha Brianna, Brianna being my middle name. I am a creator, I am a writer, I am a friend, a daughter, an aunt, a sister, um, just an overall chill person. I'm always down to have a good conversation, you know, to remain open-minded because life is about experiences and you never stop learning. Hell yeah, hell yeah. I, that, that's one thing that I'm really starting to kind of grow grasp the concept of like granted I think I know everything that it is for me to know in order to survive like on a daily basis but for what it is that I could know like what what else is out there outside of just like what society tells you to know man it's a lot of information it's a lot of information so that's dope that you're forever learning um so Queen and I were actually having a conversation you DM me earlier and we were talking about just like being a sexual entity and and being this hypersexual female in today's society in today's day and age and kind of from my standpoint would be more so like a a spiritual sexual entity and what that is like um but a sexual entity or a hypersexual being overall and just just what it is and i'm i'm guessing like some of the things that we face it's a very broad conversation because there's so many layers and aspects to it um 
but we were just talking and I was like, hell yeah, hell yeah, I want to have this conversation. Like, let's have it. Um, Because me and T were actually together uh, past weekend in Atlanta and we had ourselves a real good time. So this this fits perfect into just the overall vibe and and aura. And we, we had a we had a good time. Um, not like that, but we had a good time. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but being a sexual entity, like, in your opinion, what is that? In my opinion, a sexual entity is basically someone who is comfortable with themselves completely and unapologetically. Like, you know what you like, you know what you dislike, you're not afraid to explore, you understand the concept of kinks, and... Yeah, that's basically what it is. You you know yourself enough to be comfortable in who you are, whether it's, you know, deemed as being sexual or not. Because, yes, we have sexual aspects of ourselves, but we're more than just the sum of our parts. Yeah, so, and that that's amazing that you say that. Um, I, I think it's, it's different for men than it is women. Like, there's a, of course, we know about the double standard, but... The, the I guess the stigma that's placed on that because I mean if you look at it granted men when you think of them being this sexual entity or this hypersexual male they, they kind of almost get a pass for it yes um women we don't get a pass at all but do you think do you think that it's harder for women or do you think that we we get more slack being these these sexual entities it depends it depends on I think the situation we're placed in so okay. if it's in a situation to where we're being desired, then, of course, you know, that's okay because we're supposed to be quote-unquote sexual then. We're deemed as, and this term I completely hate, but we're deemed as freaks. We're deemed as, you know, hoes, as whatever, what have you. And is you did mention the double standards where it's okay for men to be that, but for women it's almost taboo where men is like, okay, he's experienced where yeah. women can't have that same standard. Yeah. I think that granted, like the media and, and certain people like Rihanna, Cardi B, um, if we're talking about females, Nicki Minaj, I think that they make it a, a bit easier in today's age. However, it's still, it's still frowned upon no matter how you look at it. I think that I think that as women we're just we're so pacified all the time like we're supposed to be very like fragile and frail almost that when we do come off as sexual we come off as like we come off far from resilient resilient is probably the best word for it to be honest because we do come off as like untouchable we come off as like almost poisonous not toxic but like that's not a route that you should go if you don't want them problems in your life. Like, like you said, a freak in a sense, but more so like the derogatory version of that, where we're seeing, it seems like it's not safe to be around us sometimes. And I, I don't, why do you think that is? I think that's just pure ignorance because you can't tell me who I am. I know who I am. I didn't figure it out. I didn't did the groundwork. I didn't did the shadow work, the light work. I didn't did everything to figure out who I am. It's a journey of me. So if I feel comfortable in my own skin to express myself however, no one can tell me anything different. 
And right. it's once you reach that point, that's when you've already accepted yourself. Yeah. Yeah, I think that so it's definitely been within recent years. I've always been a sexual person. Like since since I lost my virginity, it's been almost like chasing a high, if that makes sense. Like you lose your virginity, it's kind of like some vanilla shit. Like I ain't never heard nobody lose their virginity to no like off the wall shit. Um, but when you you know when you lose your virginity, it's, it it is like vanilla shit. It's kind of just like you know like one position. You know, maybe somebody's giving head. You know, there's some type of oil involved, but there's no, there's no tying each other up. There's no, you know, playing with different spots on the body to figure out what sets them off. It's none of that. And then there's no conversation after that either. I feel that since coming, I guess, into myself within like the past, I don't know, maybe like two or three years has been, it's kind of gotten a bit more um, apparent, like you can actually see it. I think that I've probably received more flack in these three years of trying to be more open and honest about my sexuality in reference to what I want than I ever have in being somebody who who had a bunch of boundaries. Like, it, I feel like it would be almost more acceptable for me to be this person then it would for me to be somebody who's like, I'm not trying that. I'm not doing that. I don't want to do that. Like there's a, there's like a, a, a lack of want, like back then. And when I say back then, like it was forever ago, but like back then men were trying to see what limit that you would push. Now, you know, your limits and you want to be pushed past your limits. It's like, bitch, what the fuck is wrong? No, I don't want to do that. And it's just like, no, no, you want to do that. It's like, no, I don't. Yes, sir, you do. Hit me. Like, I I don't know. I just think it's so, it's so odd to see more women coming into this, this sexual prowess and then men are almost afraid. I, I have noticed that um, mostly because, like I said, it's an education thing. Like, the kinks that I have now, I would have never thought about that, like, two to five years ago. I wouldn't have been into that. I would have been like, oh, I don't know. That sounds dark and demented. But once I sat down and I actually did the research for myself and actually tried a couple things, I'm like, okay, it's not as bad as I thought it was. I actually kind of like it. I actually kind of dig it. I'm into this. And I'm all about communication, so... If I'm interested in somebody, especially as far as them being a partner, um, I'll sit there and have the conversation be like, hey, this is stuff that I like. If you're not into that, cool. Let me know what you're cool with so we can move forward so there's no misunderstanding. And if you're not willing to try this, I can't force you to, however, depending on the dynamic of our relationship. Mm-hmm. Who's to say that I don't move on to somebody else who's willing to explore those avenues with me? Right. Have you found being this more sexually free person, has it affected your dating life at all? Um, Actually, not really. No. Mm. No, it's actually kind of liberating because it's like once you sit down and have the conversation and let 
men or women know that what you're into, they're kind of like, okay, you're not just throwing me to the wolves and throwing me into the situation and let me fend for myself. Mm-hmm. You're kind of showing me how, you know, and baby stepping me into this to where I can feel comfortable. And then if it does, you know, exceed, we can be safe about it. And, you know, we already know how to maneuver within this. Yeah. So it's all about conversation. Like, don't just throw something at somebody and just expect them to roll with the punches. That's the worst way and the worst thing you can do as far as letting them learn you sexually, especially if it's a kink. With kinks. So when, sorry, when did you, so when do you have that conversation? Like, you don't have, nobody, especially not over here. In this space, we don't believe in like 90 day rules and any of that other BS. We are, listen, if if that's what's on your heart, that's what you want to do, go ahead, by all means, have sex with that person. Mm-hmm. In dating or in the, the instances in which you've been like talking to people, when does that conversation come up? Is it like, okay, so the reason why I ask is because I, along with like you and like even several other people that, you know, we converse with or that, you know, we're cool with, sometimes the selfies can get like risque. Like, you know, they there can be some, you know, a, a little bit of something, you know, a, a couple of us indulge in like Titty Tuesday things that do you find that that affects like the first conversation? You, I mean, even in a person that you like, like people are meeting so much on social media now. And that's that's really the only reason why I go there. When you start dealing with somebody that like you met on social media or who has seen your social media, how soon into the conversation does the sex combo or the kink combo come about? Once I feel comfortable. It, when it, I it I doesn't happen com- on its own. It's, it's kind of organic. Is is mostly when I feel comfortable because depending on the person, some person you know some people can. You know, we can slide right into that off bucks. Some yeah. people takes a little longer. It depends on the chemistry level with that person. Some people don't last that long. Some people are temporary. You know, not to really sound mean to say it, but calling it what it is. Some mm-hmm. people, their season lasts a little longer. So once I feel comfortable enough and I feel like, you know, it is going to lead to something physical, I'll be like, hey, you know, what do you like? You know, what don't you like? You've been tested. Like, let's sit down and really have this conversation, you know. And then it depends on the type of person I'm dealing with. If it's somebody with kids, somebody who isn't. You know, somebody with kids, I'm like, okay, you done done some stuff before. Let us know what you like. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And, And, like, for instance, I like choking. That's being the choker and being the chokey you know, giving and receiving. So before I just throw that concept out there, I'm like, hey, are you into that? Sometimes they'd be like, yes. Sometimes they'd be like, no. So I'm like, okay, cool. If you're not into that, are you willing to try it? And sometimes they'd be like, no, no, that is not really my thing. And I'm like, okay, cool. No biggie. That's not for you. So How I'm, long have you been into choking? Um, I would say the past three to four years. Okay, so the reason why I ask is because so that's that's a kink of mine as well. Mm-hmm. My thing is is that at one point that was some whole like rapish type shit where people were just like, nah, if a motherfucker put his hands around your neck, he a serial killer. <laughs> and now it's just so 
freely accepted. And I can't speak for everybody. I mean, you scroll across white porn, I guess. But within our culture, choking has become such a thing mm-hmm. that it's like it like it's just something that people do. Like it's just like it's a part of sex at, at this point. So that's one of those kinks where I've come to and it's more so my opinion now where choking is like the normal, mm-hmm. you know, slaps on the ass is the normal pulling hair is the normal. So when, when certain, and I bring up dating again, when certain men you're having that kink conversation and these things come up, it surprises me how many men either are all for it or how mm-hmm. many men are, I guess, sexually repressed to the point where it's like, bitch, why would you let somebody choke you? Why would you want somebody to slap you? Why would you want somebody to hit you on your ass as hard as you, like, you know, as hard as you're telling me to? It, I, I'm, But I'm noticing that it's more so to the other part of the fence where it is just so widely accepted within our culture. Again, I can't speak for white people because I don't be dealing with white people shit. I think white people's sex is, and whatever, this is my opinion, low-key weird. What? Like black people, we really just we be out here. Like mm-hmm. I've heard some conversations, and I mean I say black people, but I'm also talking black women. Like me and my girls get together, and we have a couple. Some of this shit is really like you're disgusting, and I get it. Like it, it's cool, and then part of it during the conversation is like this is also the normal. Like I'm starting to see a lot of that. Yes, like I said, it's worth having a conversation so you know what lines are drawn for you. You know what are absolute, like, uh, no, nah, hell no, nah, I'm not going to that line. You know, that's where I draw the line. Yeah. But it's interesting because a lot more men, if they're not into it or being choked already, they're open-minded enough to at least try it. Yeah, we were talking about that over the weekend. I was, I was thoroughly impressed but at the same time shocked at the responses that we got from the people that we got them from because I didn't I don't see these men coming off like that but you never know you never know a person you really never know they're man you just you never know a person that I I didn't know whether to be like proud or to whether just be like I want to know more I don't know. I, I, I did find this weekend, though. I found it very sexually liberating. I don't know if it was because it was a Love Lesson Badass Soul live show. I don't, but I just, there are times where me being a sexual person has to be kind of like suppressed. And, and I mean, like, not even like fully suppressed, but to the point where I do have to dial it back. Because granted, women, we're, we are more open about having a sexual conversation. I do find sometimes that some of the shit that I say out of my mouth may come off as offensive. But like this weekend, it was just kind of like a no holds bar type of situation. Everybody was very free. Everybody was just kind of having like a conversation. And it felt good to be around so many women who could admit to certain like kinks and, and fetishes. And nobody was like looking at them funny. Nobody was raising an eyebrow. It, it just, it felt damn good to just kind of be that person. I remember... Not too long ago, I was actually hanging out with a friend, and he was like, you make me nervous. And I was like, what? He's like, yeah, you make me nervous. And I'm like, well, what, what do I do that makes you nervous? He's like, honestly, it's it's nothing that you do. It's like you walk in a room, and it gets hot. Like, 
there's like this steam almost like beaming off of you and I'm just like was that a good or bad and he's like I don't know it's just very sexual and he's like not that I'm saying that I want to have sex with you it's just like you could spark an orgy and I didn't know whether that was a compliment or (laughs) like what that was I don't I mean I don't mean to be that way but I I I really deem that as a compliment. Like, if I can walk into a room and spark an orgy and I don't have to take off my clothes, like, yes, I'm all for, I want that energy. I, that's like, that is a superpower. Do you, do you find that you are that person, like the, the kind of person who could spark an orgy or the kind of person who is, you seem to be the one who can take the dirty joke and run with it and then just switch the conversation completely? Um, sparking an orgy I don't think I'm that person (laughs) I don't believe I am um but as far as my presence being felt in a room yeah because it happens without me even realizing it to where somebody was like oh I saw you here or I recognize your face Mm -hmm. from here or more often than not y'all smell me yeah I smell in a bad way but I have a reputation now of always smelling nice and smelling pleasant and more often than not people will say they'll smell me or they'll smell my perfume or aroma before I even walk in a room yeah I can, I can admit to that like you do have this reputation of smelling really good and it is it's like I was I was actually I was putting on um the be she care this morning and I was like this shit smells really fucking good I'm like, but on top of that, it's so natural. Like, the scent that comes from you is, like, a, it's definitely a set of pheromones, but it's it's very sweet and very natural. Like, you don't come off as, like, you know how some women have that, like, bath and body work smell? Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, it, it doesn't come off as, like, it doesn't come off as something perfumey. It's very, like, nature's must. Like, it's just a very feminine, very sweet, almost, like, fruity smell. And it does. It comes into the room before you come into the room. And when you do come into, you ever like smell something? You're like, what the fuck is that smell? And then you finally figure out what it is. It's like, I get that reaction flat. See, and it's like, but so if somebody has smelled you before, so like before you enter a room, if I smell the same scent, I'm like, okay, queen's here. But somebody else would probably be like, what the fuck is that scent? But it takes nothing to catch on to. You smell it one time. And then to be honest, like you, could smell it again i feel like you vj included there aj definitely you guys have a a certain set of of pheromones and i i think that only people who really kind of understand sexuality and kind of pay attention to like the heavier aspects of sexuality would understand that does that make sense mm-hmm. yeah. so i i it's it's like you guys have this aroma and it's not a bad aroma at all it's just like I can pinpoint if not the exact smell the undertones it's like yep queen's here it's like yep yep queen's here and then by the time you close it's like that's exactly what I was smelling or like even this weekend I know I think it was Kiera somebody smelled you somebody's like it smells really good in here and then they hugged you they're like it's you I'm like damn that sniff was deep as shit like you took that in okay <laughs> And it's so crazy because even when I was in Dallas and I met a couple um people, it, shout out to Cliche from <laughs> the Afro Latina podcast and Chris Harrison, they both inhaled me and I'm like, why are y'all like this? But <laughs> what they 
so bad is so many of my friends and peers, they have the same reaction when they go to hug me. They literally inhale me. And I'm like, I'm used to it at this point. Like, it doesn't even bother me anymore. I'm telling you, it's like, I wish I could compare it to something right now. Like, it's definitely fruity, but there's not, like, one fruit I could compare it to. Like, if I had to compare it to and it's more so for people to like catch a visual so if you haven't met queen it's not like a shea butter cocoa butter like earthy type feel it's like the fruits of that berry so like a cocoa like a you know like a cocoa berry or cacao berry or like the actual like pith that's within a shade like like the the shade plant um hibiscus is a really like something compared to like if you could take a hibiscus flower and mix it with vanilla that's kind of like what you smell like in my opinion i do like vanilla scents and it's crazy because i don't always wear the same scent but people always know when i'm around and then it doesn't help that i'm a hugger so not only do you smell me i linger hell yeah i'm telling you it's like a if y'all have never smelled queen before i'm telling you you get the chance like you gotta like put your not like creepy but like put your (laughs) nose in like her cleavage or like her neck and just like, like I'm talking about like inhale it, and it's just gonna be a party. It's gonna be a party. You just gonna keep it, and then she walk in the room. You can be like, "Yup, Queen's here." It's like it's like crack. I'm telling you, she smells really fucking good. <laughs> Do you, so in that, like in your scent and just your overall aura and who you are. What are the vibes like from you when it comes to like finding a partner or even in finding people who are a lot like you like does does that play on that at all um I'm drawn to creatives okay so people who have like creative spirits because they tend to push me as a creative and they also tend to have great conversations and really open minds and they nasty what (laughs) yo (laughs) you ain't lying Y'all niggas is nasty. <laughs> but by creatives, that doesn't just stop at like podcasters. That oh, goes no. to, you know, poets, oh. to writers, to musicians. To oh teachers. my God, musicians are disgusting. <laughs> I need this drummer one. No, never mind. <laughs> but um, I tend to be close to people that make me feel comfortable. Yeah. So like, I get a warm feeling like it. Because I am a hugger, I tell a lot when someone goes to hug me. So if I don't want to hug you or I don't want to touch you, it's a problem. That means some you don't feel right to me, to my spirit. It's some bad juju going on. I don't want that energy that you have to transfer onto me. I'll feel it when you come in. That's deep. Like that, and it's something that more people are paying attention to in now but it's something that I've always paid attention to like hugging is such an intimate thing and Mm -hmm. I think people get the definition of intimacy misconstrued so let's be clear intimacy is not just sexual interactions intimacy is hugging um just quality time things of that nature in the intimate moment that you share with somebody when you want to hug them it is definitely a transfer of energy if somebody doesn't want to hug you, that means it's not just your physical being. It's what's radiating off of you that nobody wants to touch. Mm-hmm. And when you think about 
people who are overly sexual or hypersexual, it doesn't mean that they want to fuck on you all the time. That's not what that means at all. People who are hypersexual are very much in tune with their five senses when it comes to a physical and spiritual connection between the two. So we understand that through our five senses of, of you know, hearing, touching, smelling, tasting, um, when you, when that's happening, we're taking it in and the receptors in our brain are processing it through something spiritual. People who aren't, aren't sexual or people who are hypersexual don't really get that. Like a hug is just a hug or mm. conversation might just be a conversation or like we were just talking about like queen's natural scent. Somebody who's not sexual is not really paying attention to that. Like to the depth of what that is. Somebody who is sexual takes shit really fucking serious, like hugging. Like, if I don't want to hug you, whatever the fuck is admitting off of you is fucking poison. It's to the point where I don't even want to touch you. Like, you're radioactive. Something ain't right with that. You need to go do, you go t- take care of that. I don't want to fucking touch you. That's deep as fuck. Fuck even wanting to converse with you. I don't want to touch you. Even in conversing, all we doing is sharing dialogue. For me to not want to move any closer to you than three feet, that says something. So if somebody, especially somebody who is very, very sexual, does not want to be around you, you might want to check with your fucking internal issues, what you got going on, because something ain't right in there. Absolutely. Like at all. And... Has there been, when was the last time you had that, because I like to call it a superpower, like you used your hypersexuality and it like saved you from something. Girl, Girl. just being on, in DC and in general, (laughs) like Like, you'd be surprised, like, especially during the summer, how many young boys or young men will come up to you, like, they'll try to talk to you. And I'm like, you know, hey, sweetheart, I'm not really interested. You know, I'm not digging you. This ain't what you want, like, you know, yeah. I'm cool. Thank you for the compliment. Please move along. And they be like, well, you know, if I can't have your number, can I have a hug? No, no, I don't want you hugging me. I don't want you thinking that you're going to get a free feel. Yeah. Nah, we're not playing those games over here. And it was so crazy because they, that's a tactic that's been used since I was growing up. Yeah. So I'm in my early 30s. And for that to be like something that happened in my teens and it's carrying on to my thirties, like that, that's a real thing. And it's, I didn't think much about it then because I flat out just didn't know. I'm just like, okay, you know, I give him a quick hug, you know, church hug, bow, I'm out. No, like that's, that's somebody that's too close to my personal space and my personal space is sacred. My body to me is sacred if I let you into my personal space and my body is an invitation, I'm experienced that not everyone is going to be able to experience. Yeah. Help. Yes. Yes. Okay. Queen speech. She said what she said. I am an experience that not everyone will get the chance to experience. That is an affirmation right there. I, I am going to, that's what we need to do. We need to start like an affirmation sheet and we need to quote them. So first quote going up on the affirmation sheet from Queen Poison herself 
I am an experience that not everyone will get the chance to experience. I love it. I love it. Listen, see, that's why. That's why you the writer. That's why you the poet in the audience. I just work here. I just, I just show up. I mean, you know, we're going to call it spade. Let's call it a spade. It, it's really refreshing to hear somebody say that, though, because it, it gets so misconstrued within conversation with, like, with people who are not like-minded. So aside from being a creative, you can also just be somebody who is receptive to shit, like somebody who just understands, you comprehend well. Mm-hmm. There are people who are very ignorant to sexuality, especially hypersexuality, because they then assume that you're just this free being who can just like, who you just fuck on everybody. And I've noticed that, like, like you said, so you've been coming into your sexuality and really more so understanding like your king and things of that nature for about you said like three to five years right mm-hmm. and I can't yeah, so- it was one of those people that because I didn't have the information I just flat out didn't know mm-hmm. I was closed minded about it like the whole idea or the premise of BDSM yeah. I was like that's dark that's for people that you know into some really freaky stuff mm-hmm. I just didn't know but once I started exploring and reading and asking people questions and asking about their experiences that's when I realized, okay, I'm a lot more like-minded than I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like it, like it's, it's a whole, basically how sexuality is a spectrum. The whole thing as an entity from your kinks to vanilla, you know, to whatever ideas you have, everything is a spectrum. It doesn't just fall in just one box. Yeah. It, it's, it's, And I don't really know who kind of classified it as that. I mean, I I guess it just makes it more convenient and efficient when when it's done that way. Mm -hmm. Um, It's it's fucked up to think that at the end of the day, all we're seen as as somebody who is like easy. And the reason why I say that is because that has come across more times than then I really care to admit where you assume that a person is coming in to like get to know you and who you are. And then they are only dealing with you based off of what they assume that they know from like things that you post and even things that they may hear. Like for instance, this weekend was a lingerie and pajama theme. So People, you know, people who attended were like posting pictures in their pajamas and, you know, their lingerie, whatever the case may be. And it seems like like it was like an open invitation to people's DMs. And it's like, granted, yes, you can definitely say whatever it is that you want to say. But to assume that because I'm this comfortable in my skin and in my being to go out the house looking like this, that's not an open invitation for you to be like, I want to stick my dick in you. Or are you free later? Or, you know, hey, beautiful. And then you start talking to get to know that person and then 30 seconds into the conversation he's like yeah so my dick in your ear what's up with that it i i find that to be the biggest blockage in trying to date effectively now mm-hmm. where it there's a there's a miscommunication and it's like no matter how many times i try to explain to people that i'm not i'm not what you think you think hypersexuality is it's like no matter how many times I define it and how many times I try to explain it to a person the ignorance is the only thing that's clicking and they're just assuming like no yeah you post feed pics online so I can 
definitely, you know, cash app you like $50 and you're going to send me some feet pics. Like, nigga, no, that's not what that's for. Or <laughs> you post the pictures in your lingerie, like, you must want the dick. And it's like, I don't, though. Like, sir, I don't even know you. It was one thing when you was commenting under my photos, but to send me your unwanted dick pic, I didn't ask for that. I saw you in a lingerie, so I just assumed. Again, you assumed. You're assuming that me being comfortable in my skin and me talking about sex the way that I do and how freely I do, that that's an invitation for you to fuck on me or even offer to fuck on me. I'm not interested. So here's the thing. Clearly, that message is not for you. Just because someone sends you a message... You can read through it. I'm like, okay, this don't apply to me. Ignore that. You got to yes. delete that. You got to trash that. That's that's when you got to, you know, go ahead and filter through what is effectively going to be for you. That's one. Two, I get invited to stuff all the time. That don't mean I got to go. Hell yeah. <laughs> Just flat out, me being a woman, my presence around, that means I'm going to get an invitation. That ain't mean I got to be with the shits. Yeah. Three, consent yes consent 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 if i want it and i'm with the shits i'm gonna let you know i must speak freely it's my decision if i'm not take that l bruh go on about your little business it ain't that deep take that l and i think that's a big thing when it comes to what we are considered as being hypersexual beings a lot of people do not understand the art of rejection. Yes. <sighs> the art of rejection is an art to it. Basically, you shoot your shot. Whether you're scared or not, you're going to shoot your shot. You're going to either get a yay or a nay. If you get a yay, cool. Go ahead, you know, go to the playoffs, championship, whatever. If you don't, hey, be like, thank you anyway. Or don't say nothing at all. Take your exit, take your leave, take that L. You know, we gonna live to see another day. Somebody yeah, like, why would I be offensive bitches and hoes because I told you what you're asking for, I don't want. Come on. <laughs> like, all the, all the fucking time. Like, granted, I can talk about sex freely because I feel like sex is not as derogatory as we make it. Now, it can get trifling, but it's, it's a means of reproduction. Like, and I'm not having... I think that's the thing. Again, people assume that hypersexual people, like, we're inappropriate. Yes, I'm at the nursing home cracking dirty jokes with the old people. But I'm not like, listen, I'm going to take one of these old men in here and I'm going to fuck on them real quick. And then I'm in there fucking on an old man. Like, it's, I'm not, I'm not trifling. I'm just open. And mm-hmm. I think that there's a level of, I don't know if it's repression within our culture or just re- repression overall, where people feel like they can't do that they can't be free I also feel like there's a a certain level of um like overactive amounts of conversations of sex where people do take it too far like certain places there's a time and place for everything Mm -hmm. as somebody who's hypersexual and understands my sexuality you, you won't catch me cracking certain jokes at certain places I feel like sometimes people even try to nudge that on it's like you, like, somebody might make a dirty joke, and then somebody kind of looks at you like, eh, eh, right? Like, am I right? And it's like, bitch, I don't want to talk about that right now. Like, I'm not always in the mood to do that. Get yourself together. Right. right. We grown out here. You know, it's a time and a place for everything. I ain't got to always be with your shit. <laughs> at, at, at any point. And that also rolls over into just, like, 
like situate I don't and I hate the word situationships, my God. Um, but it rolls over into like situationships or these, you know, friends with benefits situations where it's like there's a preventative measure in moving past just fucking. Like, well, when I met you, you was on that shit. And it's like, okay, and I caught feelings for your ass. So now I want to talk to you. Oh no, man. I don't even look at you like that. Bitch, because I suck dick well, I don't have feelings. I don't like that. That's where communication and comprehension come into play. I know for me, when I had my friend with benefit situations, it mostly was me walking away because I stuck to the deal and they didn't. Yeah. And I'm all for communication. Like, if you're telling me this is what it is, off bucks, and you're letting me make the decision, cool. If something changes, I need you to express that because I'm not a mind reader. Yeah. And I'm not going to push you into a situation. Well, I'm not going to push you into a relationship you didn't ask for. Yeah. If you say that, you know, we just cracking and it's happening on Monday, Tuesdays and Wednesdays at a certain time. Cool. That's the schedule. We're going to keep with the program and I'm going to play my part and play my position until you open up the dialogue. Like, hey, I'm feeling you more than I thought I would be. I want something to become of this what's your take on this? And we can discuss it like adults and move forward. And I can either say, hey, I'm kind of feeling the same way. Feelings mutual. Let's see what what this could be. Or I'm like, nah, I'm kind of comfortable with us just being friends with benefits. However, if that's not what you want, I'm okay with moving on to something else. Yeah. Yeah. I, the, the, I think overall, the more we... And I say women because I find that men really have no problem with having a conversation. And again, granted, there is a stigma there, like, oh, he's disgusting. But it's also like, oh, he's disgusting, but he's a man. Um, I feel like that the fact is, though, more women are willing to have these conversations. Um, it also kind of allows for a level of comfort to come within. I say the community when I really mean the culture, um, because we're, we're talking about black people here. I mean, Again, neither one of us are white, so we don't know. Um, and neither neither one of us, I mean, although not opposed, we we prefer um, those who look like us um, are of that diaspora. It, I find that the, the more black women are able to have these conversations, the more it kind of allows black men to be like, oh, no, like, oh, all right, so she's not as prudish as I thought she was, you know? There, and I'm starting to hear a lot less of like, hoe and slut and trick and trifling because I think that and again this is looking at the flip side of things now that the conversation is had more men are starting to understand like hey yo she might be a savage too like it ain't nothing really she she's not really a hoe she just really like the same way I just be wanting to be out here fucking on something she just might want to be fucking on something like and that's normal mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't mind somebody feeling like she might have some hoish tendencies because I kind of like keeping that little bit of fear in their heart like this bitch might just leave me like, like she she might fuck me and never talk to me again and I kind of like instilling that tiny amount of fear in men but there's also men who who match that fly like this bitch might just fuck me real good and never talk to me again let me get her number and there's more of us saying like yes please buy all me slide me that number we're not as offended as we used to be i should say the unsolicited unsolicited dick pics will never not be offensive like please stop that shit 
Like, please stop that shit. I don't give a fuck about nothing. Just please stop sending your dick through my fucking DMs. I don't want to see it. And if you are going to do it, moisturize it because not only are you sending dick, you send an ashy dick. And I think that that just adds insult to injury. And I don't like it. <laughs> Shout out to the man who asks first. <laughs> right. Like, and you know what? <laughs> also, shout out to uh, Arata Bujawa. She has a wood wax for you to what? wax your wood and keep it moisturized. Oh, I got to get me some of that. That I'm gonna have to have that on hand. I'm just saying mm-hmm. that baby oil don't work that well. It ends up leaving the chafing. However, she has a wood wax for you. Listen, I'm that's getting ready to start being people birthday gifts and just parting gifts for things. I'm just saying, like, like investing yourself is self care. It's essential. It has to be, man. Ashy dick is just unattractive. Like, it. We're not gonna get into it. That's a whole nother episode. Um, today. <laughs> what is what's your favorite part of of being hypersexual compared to what it used to be? So like. Back when you first started to come into your sexuality, I'm pretty sure everybody kind of has the same idea that it was, like, liberating. It was, like, um, a freedom. At the same time, it was scary. But, but now that you are more comfortable and more vocal about it, what seems to be your favorite part? Uh-huh. My favorite part, aside from the liberation of it, is um me kind of being okay with my body positivity. Okay, so... For people who have not met me, I am plus size. I am a thick girl. And, you know, thick girls don't always get love. If we do, sometimes it's a toss-up. Sometimes it's genuine. Sometimes it's the BBWU um, fantasy. Yeah. It's like we're we're fetishized. And I hate that, too, because I've, I've dealt with a couple men who... Oh, queen, we're going to have a whole episode on that. You just... Oh, queen. You just wait. They strictly, you know, was checking me out be- because of my size. And they've admitted, like, you know, had you not been your size, I probably wouldn't talk to you. Or you're cute to be a brown-skinned girl. you cute to be a big girl. And I'm like, bruh, take them backhanded compliments. I'm not here right. for it. I'm but cute, period. Sir. Exactly. Yourself. I'm fly. Right. Talking about. But compared to then, you know, I'll say between 18 to 21 year old me compared to now. Mm. Not only is it liberating, but it's like the sense of I know myself. I know what I like. I don't give a shit. Yeah. So it's like, you know, either you won't get with the program or you're not. Mm. No, no, no love lost if you're not. But I'm getting to the point where I'm like, okay, I'm too old to be doing stuff that I don't like. Yeah. To appease someone else. I think that that's the part that I enjoy the most compared to when I first started to kind of come into the idea of uh, being this hypersexual person and being more so in tune with the different parts of me and who I am and what I'm learning about myself. I'm also really enjoying what it is that I'm able to experience because those experiences have been amazing. Like when you're trying out kinks or fetishes for the first time, especially fetishes like kinks. Yes. Because it's, yes, you're experiencing it. But when you have a fetish, it's like, it's it's almost like a, like a semi-obsession. And then 
you meet a person who has this fetish. Like they, they are exactly what you're fetishing. Like for, for me, I have this thing about arms and like collarbones and like a man's shoulder blades. And there have been instances in being this hypersexual person where that's what I want. I want a guy with like really nice arms, really like delicious collarbones. Like I, I can't explain it, but imagine wanting that and then you get it. It's like getting good food. Like when you really want something good to eat. And as a woman, we can never decide on what to eat. Imagine actually knowing what you want to eat one night. And you go to get it and it tastes exactly how you thought it would. That is the most enjoyable part of being this being now because I'm so much more in tune with the physical aspect of it and how it relates to my spiritual aspect so that I'm able to enjoy it more. Like the the sensitivity to the enjoyment is almost heightened. And like I appreciate my part partner more for that like you're gifting me this without knowing that you're gifting me this like and it shows and it's through my body motions and through the moans and through even our conversations like when you're flirting with him more like your your arms look amazing today your shoulders look amazing and he's just like my arms and my my shoulders you're you're so comfortable with that person that it's like yeah your arms and your shoulders like that shit like men with feet fetish like if a man tell you that you're like the sole of your foot or like the heel of your foot looks mad moisturized today that shit might come off as weird but like <laughs> if he has a fetish that's that's some real shit to him like, like he's not just seeing it he's feeling that shit and mm-hmm. if you ain't never experienced like a fetish I don't know what to tell you I don't know what to tell you it that shit is life changing and more it people is. should experience it more people should be more honest with what they actually like and just try it. And kinks and fetishes are different. Kinks are more so like the BDSM part of things. If I try to explain things in the most ignorant way, when I say ignorant, I mean just kind of like uneducated way as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, when you think of kinks, you think of like sex. When you think of fetish, you think more of like the physical. So it's before you get to the sex. So like people with foot fetish and people with like fetishes of like me with arms or um I was listening to um Peabody and Shay's interview today she has this like her favorite part of Peabody is his neck and I'm just like some people don't get that but that fetish is what's leading to these kinks like sir put your fucking big ass fucking hand around my neck I got a thing for guys with big hands put that shit around my neck and fucking choke me it it might just be a thing like more people should experience that. And if people don't, I don't know what to tell them. I can't deal with the repression. I like what I like. Give it to me. I think fetishes, if we're going for a, a better definition, fetishes are more so things that you're drawn to, what you're attracted mm-hmm. to. And it can be physical. Um, yeah, it can be physical. Um, kinks are more so... Things that give you gratification. Yes. That's the best word I can think for mm-hmm. think of. It gives you gratification. Like, okay, the prime example, my kinks are, aside from choking, um, I do want to try a bondage and wax play. Yes. 
And then, like, for me, fetishes are, um, for men, I like things that make them masculine, which is, like, necks and collarbones mm-hmm. and backs and arms and mm-hmm. the posture of them standing up straight. Yes, God. The way they smell, the way they speak, and, like, the bass that's in their voice when they speak. Woo! Them coming from a barbershop with a fresh haircut. Like, that yes, doesn't Yes, God! Like, oh. like haircut so fresh, you can see the barber cut them. Like what? that does it for me. Whereas, you know, if it's it's if it's a lady, you know, the way her body is shaped, her curves, mm-hmm. the gentleness about her, she can still be like like strong yet diligent. Yes. You know the way she yes. the way she might wear her hair, whether it's you know, a low cut fade or a Caesar to my favorite inches to locks. Like anything anything that makes her her. How do you identify? Do you identify as like bicurious, bisexual? Do you identify? Um bisexual. Okay. Okay. Um I just sometimes you have to clarify for people and that's just because people will kind of like, well, with women, it's like, yes, nigga, I said women. Like, what? I mean, and people, you don't have to label yourself as bisexual in order to have ever had, like, a sexual interaction with a woman. You can actually find things about women attractive, like, that can be a fetish for you without actually having, like, a sexual attraction to women. Mm-hmm. Fetishes are more so an aesthetic. So, it's it's that. I don't want people to think that um, it's always what sets you off to be like yeah I'm gonna fuck on that it sometimes it's just it's good to look at like when things are always in sync or always in order how, how it it like triggers the um the endorphins in your in your body like you get happy almost because you're looking at it fetishes are the same thing it's it's something that makes you you happy and a good fucking haircut will have me cash app and you money the following week so that you can get your hair cut again like it's a level of admiration. Oh my God, yes. And, and it releases dopamine, so you know. I love it. I love it. There's something about a man with a fresh haircut that sets me the hell off. Like, good God. Like, why are you so fun? And then I had to stop doing that as well. I realized that with being sexual or hypersexual, sometimes, like, it's funny because people don't ever take it offensive, thank God. But I find myself, like, objectifying men almost. Like, you fucking piece of meat. Like, it's all in love. I swear it's all in love. And I just, I say, because that's literally how I feel. Like, a good-looking man is like a good steak. Like, he just looks like a piece of meat. Like, it, it, it excites me. And I don't, men are just dope. Men and women are dope. But, like, a good black man or a good black woman, man, that's a fetish within itself. I don't even know if that's hypersexual. I think that just might be like what that <laughs> it could is. be. It could be. It might be. What so we're gonna we're gonna close out here because this this conversation has been super interesting and I thoroughly enjoy it. Um what is one thing you wish more people understood about you being the way that you are? Um I wish they would just understand that is is not as deep as you think it is. If you could really just sit down and just have a conversation and just 
get the knowledge for yourself. Anything can really just be explained if you just sat down and just be willing to listen. Yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. The the comprehension would save a lot of people time and energy, especially when it comes down to to being this being. Again, I think it's a a level of ignorance that kind of can ruin things. Mm-hmm. But um, no, conversation and dialogue definitely does make for something so damn good. Um, yeah, that 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 was kind of confirmation. There, sorry, that that was a, a second of reflection. Sometimes y'all be listen, y'all be feeding me gems without feeding me gems. Little do y'all know. Um, but where can the people find you? You can find me on Instagram or Twitter under Queen underscore Poison. That is Q U E E N underscore P zero I I S zero N. Okay, okay. Making it fancy for the people, that's right. But they can find you on all platforms under that, correct? Um, Instagram and Twitter. Okay. Um, I am on Facebook occasionally under Tanisha Brianna. You can also cop my collection of poetry on Amazon under okay. Tanisha Brianna. It is called Naked. I have it as paperback form and on Kindle. Yes. I ha- And that's crazy because I actually keep that book in my bag at all times. Like it's, it's a really good read, y'all. Y'all definitely got to cop the book. It was with me in Atlanta, and I was like, she's going to sign this fucking book before I leave, and I never gave it to you. Bruh, we live in the same state. Like... <laughs> It just, it would have meant so much more. It just, it traveled with me. I'm telling you, that book goes with me everywhere. I'm telling you. I'm going to sign it. I promise. I'll sign it. And I appreciate you for that. This has been a joyous occasion and such a lovely conversation. I'm so glad that we were able to have this time together and you will definitely be back soon. Do you have anything else for the people? Um, Self-care is essential. Give people their flowers with the pot and loving yourself. If you don't love yourself, who else gonna do it? Oh yeah, okay. That's right. Family, I like her. She <laughs> All right, family. So you guys know that you can catch me on all social media platforms under Dem Chakras, D-E-M-C-H-A-K-R-A-S. You guys can tune in with me every morning for a motivational minute or motivational minutes make sure that you send your emails your questions your concerns anything that you need about your spiritual alignment to chrbriana at gmail.com if i don't have the answer you know damn well i'm gonna get the answer for you and if nobody has told you today let me be the first to say that i like you and i love you and i will see you guys next week